Yeah, there we go. All right, everybody. Welcome to the 18th episode of Sports Cards Live. We have a great show tonight with Ken Reed from uh, Canada Sportsnet joining us. Before we bring him out, I do want to thank the last couple of guests. June 3rd, show number 16, we had Justin, an Instagram stud. He's uh, We talked about basketball cards. We talked about the state of the hobby. It was a great episode. It lives on the YouTube channel. Please feel free to go subscribe if you haven't yet and check out that discussion. It was quite informative. Got a lot of great feedback on that. Uh, also, on June the 6th, episode 17, I had Tim and Sean. We talked about investing and estate planning for collectors and just how important that is. There was a lot of really good information, some key points in there. Check that out. It also lives on the YouTube channel, Sports Cards Live. Again, please subscribe if you haven't. Upcoming on Saturday, episode number 19, June the 13th, will be Jeff Wolf. He's the president of Iconic Auctions. They are the company that recently auctioned off the love letter that Michael Jordan wrote to a girlfriend previous to his wife. So that'll be interesting. We have a lot of information to cover with Jeff. And then on June the 17th, which is next Wednesday week today, I'm going to be doing an expo, a virtual expo preview show. So I have a surprise guest coming on. A lot of you might know who he is. And we are going to preview the expo, some tips and tricks, and uh, probably even show you some of the cards that, uh, that the two of us will be uh, making available. I also wanted to give a shout out to... Uh, Christina's Corner, the spinoff of the other YouTube channel called House of Jordans. Christina did an interview with Dr. James Beckett, I think just yesterday or the day before. So be sure to check that out. I haven't watched it yet. So if you watch, you can tell me what it, what it, how good it is. And I'm, But I'm going to get to that pretty soon here. All right. Let's get going with tonight's episode. Let's bring out Ken Reed. Ken, welcome to the 18th episode of Sports Cards Live. Super happy to have you here. How are you doing today, my friend? Awesome, Jeremy. Thanks for having me, buddy. This uh, Hopefully this will be fun, man. Yeah, it should be a good time. All right. So listen, everyone who's watching in Canada, everyone knows Sportsnet. Everyone knows Ken yeah. Reed. But for, for our U.S. viewers, I want to let you guys know that Sportsnet is kind of like ESPN, and Ken Reed is kind of like Jimmy Fallon. He's just a guy that, really, <laughs> <laughs> just a guy that everybody kind of likes in our country up here. Oh, thanks, so. man. So that, this is Ken Reed, but you know this is a this is a sports card show, and uh, and Ken is a sports card book author. So let's kick it off and let's talk about hockey card stories part two right here. This is a mm -hmm. copy that I bought at the expo uh, last year, the year before. Ken even signed it for me, and the forwards, nice. yeah, yeah, thanks, man. The forwards were written by Sidney Crosby and Chris Carlin, as you can see right there. So that's really a good awesome get. Show. That's a good get. Yeah, it's a good get. It was it was probably my biggest it's, pickup yeah. of the show. Yeah. There so you go. this is Hockey Card Stories Part 2. You did a Hockey Card Stories Part 1. Why don't you, I mean, I could tell, but why don't you tell everybody kind of what the what the book, these Hockey Card Story books are about? Sure. Thanks for saying that everybody loves me. That's weird. Um, I'm, I'm sure I have enemies. Uh, everyone loves like Henry, guy. the skier. Yeah, everyone loves Ken Reed, the skier. I don't know if everybody loves me, but if anyone likes me or watches, thanks for watching. Okay, so uh, how the books come about. So like a lot of us, in my once I left for university, uh, the hobby went to, to the side, right? My stuff was always back at my dad's house. And, you know, like a lot of guys stand, starting in their professional career, uh, money wasn't everywhere for me in my 20s and uh, early 30s. But, uh, you know, eventually I moved my way here to Toronto after crisscrossing Canada. Did a pit stop. Well, not a pit stop. I lived in Calgary for four and a half years. I absolutely loved Calgary. Worked at A Channel Calgary. We had a lot of fun. But 
you know, I've, I'm 26, 27 years old. We're hanging out with Cowboys. I'm not telling people about my Ken Griffey Jr. rookies and my Wayne Gretzky rookies at that time. No. So like a lot of people, I, I got back into the hobby. I, got, I think I got back into it probably about 10 years ago when I came here to Toronto because I, I figured this was going to be my final stop. So I moved most of my stuff up here that had been back home in Nova Scotia at my parent at my dad's house. Uh, but but whenever I would go home during the summer, I would always look at my cards every year. And it's funny, as you get older, the cards in ways seem a little stranger. So I always thought, man, I would love to talk to, I don't know, just point a card out in the book. I'd love, love to talk to uh, Kevin Morrison, uh, who played in the WHA, uh, who I know for a fact has a hair that's straight like mine. Why does he have a perm? Why does he have a handlebar mustache? Why does he look the way he looks on that card? And what would he think of it now? So that was the, the, the genesis of the book. So when I got to Toronto and I was collecting more of the cards, they always looked funny as you get older. And I had a platform working for Sportsnet. A few people figured out who I was, and I had this idea for a book. And Ian Mendez had written a book with Jamie McLennan. And I asked Ian about it. He said, the first thing you need is a literary agent. And I didn't know what that was, so he gave me the number of his guy. I called him, and he said, that's a great idea. I said, what? A week later, he called me. He said, I have an offer for your book. And I said, my book, I've written one thing so far. So then I had to write a book. So I basically, I'm not, I'm not a writer. I'm a broadcaster. And the best compliment I've ever gotten from people is, is they say, when I read the book, I can hear it in your voice because I like to think. When I write for television, I always tell young broadcasters writing for television, say something and then write it down. Don't write it first. So write the way you speak. So I think that translates into the hockey card story stuff. And it surprised me that I got a book deal. It surprised me that people bought it. Um, I thought it was just my little thing that only I noticed this about hockey cards, but it turns out there's thousands of us that notice these things about hockey cards. And now that I think the hobby is as strong as it's been since the boom of the nineties. And I don't know if you, you think that was strong or not, but it was crazy. Everybody was into it. Um, the books, uh, the first book sold really well. The second book sold really well. I mean, by Canadian, but it's a it's a national bestseller in Canada, whatever that means. As you can see, I've got a lot of mantles up behind me with my national bestseller awards. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it's nothing I'll retire on, but it's a great it's a great hobby, and I I love writing. But more than that, I love literally calling up a guy who's a stranger and chatting with him for thirty minutes, forty minutes about a hockey card, and my. I've always said, you know, this hockey card, this little hockey card, it's a piece of hockey history. So what can that picture on that hockey card tell me about hockey history? And that's kind of what hockey card stories is. And I, you know, I implement, I implement some of my own angles as well as, you know, when I was a kid, this card this meant this to me. And I always thought this about this card. And is that correct? So it kind of went from there. That's pretty cool. You get to talk to these guys about the cards they're on, the cards that you remember collecting in the when you were a youngster in the 70s and a, you know, a teenager, yeah. I assume, in the 80s. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, when, yeah. when you got the book deal, was it just for one book or was it for multiple? No, no, it was just a, a one book deal. And I didn't know if it was going to sell or if it was it was not going to sell at all. But but for me, the thrill is just like, and I, I, I owe so much to Sportsnet, right? Because if I call, uh, I don't know, anyone in the, in the first book, and I say, hi, my name is uh, Ken Reed. I'm calling from Sportsnet. When they hear that from Sportsnet, they go, you know, that's a little street cred, right? It's, of course. It's credibility. And uh, it's funny, uh, you know, I do a lot of uh, MC work with some NHL alumni through an, uh, a company called Jackson Events. And a lot of these guys have become good buddies of mine. And, and some of them are in the second book. And then it's really fun, right? Because the, 
what's when the other thing is when hockey players retire, they really open up and they're telling you all these fantastic stories and all these fantastic stories come right because of a hockey card. And that's why I always say there's no such thing as a common card. It may not be worth much, right. but there is a very valuable story in each card. Yeah. They're only common to the collectors who don't know these players and the lives they lead it. And, and they, right. So that's exactly, cool. yeah. exactly, exactly. So, we, we're, we're a hockey card audience here. And uh, so tell us, you know, Chris Carlin works for Upper Deck and he wrote one of the forewords to this book, as I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. how, did, how did you uh, end up sort of pairing up with Chris and getting him involved in the project? I met Carlin a few years at the Expo. He's a wicked dude. We've become really good buddies. And uh, he always, he really liked hockey card stories. And he said, how come there's no Upper Deck in this? How come the first one, it's only Opeachy? And I said, well, that's... My literary agent worked out the rights for the cards, and that's what he got the rights to. He said, if you write a second one, you can have as many Upper Deck cards as you want. And I thought, that's perfect, because I wanted my second one to be more about the boom era. And he said, I've always, you know, I've always wanted to, maybe I'll write your forward. And he laughed. I said, done. You can write my forward. He <laughs> said, what? Fun. I can't. Yeah, I said, I can't write the forward. I said, yes, you can. You're writing my forward. Uh, so Chris was kind enough to write the forward. And Upper Deck's been so helpful to me, um, giving me access to their cards, even in my other books. If I need a picture of a guy, they're more than willing to let me use a picture of an Upper Deck card. So thanks, Upper Deck. They've been they've been fantastic to me through these great supporters. And I really, really thank them for supporting my writing. Very cool. Very cool. That's interesting to know. So you mentioned other books. So, I mean, I'm familiar with your book, uh, One to Remember and One Night Only. One Night Only being a book about players who only appeared in one game. And One, uh, mm -hmm. one to Remember being players who only ever scored one goal. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 One to remember is coming out this fall. Um, I actually, it's, I pass the, I submitted that book last October uh, and tomorrow is the final day. So I'm writing the forward. Oh. Colby Armstrong is going to write the forward for that one. I love Army. Shout out Arm Dog. If you know Colby Armstrong, he sure. is about like literally the nicest person you'll ever meet. Speaking of the nicest people you ever meet, Sidney Crosby also wrote the forward on the yeah. Hockey card stories too. Salt of the earth guy, just like Colby. I don't know. There's something about Pittsburgh. <laughs> so uh, yeah, one to remember is about guys who scored a single NHL goal. And what I wanted to know was, was that single NHL goal, was it a high mark? Is it something to brag about? Is it a disappointment that you didn't score more? What does it mean and how did you get there? And for one night only, it was about guys who played a single NHL game, kind of the same angle. So I think one to remember is a logical follow-up. But for me, I always think that if you just step foot on the ice in the NHL for a game for a, for a millisecond, to me that is incredible because you defied the odds. And so many people look at a guy and go, oh, he only played three seasons. I'm like, only three seasons? Man, that is incredible what he did. So I am very much, and I like to think through this my life, I do this, but I'm not always, a very glass half full guy. So to me, if you played in the NHL, that's absolutely incredible. So I wanted to give these guys the respect I think they deserve instead of be just being looked at, oh, only, only, he only played one game. And I, whereas I look at it, he played one game. He scored yeah. a goal in the NHL because I didn't. Man, yeah. I struggled to score in midget C. So yeah. if you could score in the NHL, that's pretty damn cool to me. So... One to remember, and it's funny, I mean, the stories in the book, there's guys who are first-round picks. There's guys who never thought they'd play a second of pro in their lives. There's guys who went to major junior and couldn't turn both ways that made it. So the stories are literally all over the place. There's guys who became doctors. There's guys who became scientists. There's guys who became lawyers. 
investors. It's it's all over the place. That's pretty amazing where people end up. Yeah, that's that's re that's really cool. So in Hockey Card Stories two, the last sort of chapter is called Hall of Famers, and until until you get there, the you know all the other sort of stories along the way are a lot of obscure players. You know, guys that some yeah. guys I don't, whose names I don't even recognize. And I've been collecting cards and watching hockey since WHA myself growing up in Winnipeg, going to yeah. the games with my dad as a five six year old all the way up until you know when the Jets left there. Um, but in the in the Hall of Fame section. The very last chapter, I'm sure you'll you'll know, is Wayne is the Wayne Gretzky rookie card that you talk about. Yeah, obviously the highest profile card in the whole book. And uh, I was reading the chapter, actually just kind of reminding myself of it earlier today. And you talk about how you know you had all the Gretzky cards, but you couldn't you, you couldn't find the Gretzky rookie between you and your brother. You guys couldn't find mm -hmm. it, no matter who you talked to, where you looked. Yeah, you couldn't find a copy of that blue card. And nowadays. You go on eBay and any time of day, you've got your choice of hundreds of them. Or you go into any card yeah. shop, there's hundreds of them. What are your kind of thoughts on that fast forwarding from, you know, 1980, let's say, you know, 30 years <sighs> later. What are your thoughts on the proliferation yeah. and availability of, of these cards now and the value of sure. them? Sure. So I grew up in rural Nova Scotia and you would, so by the time the boom hit, and I'm talking, you know, 89, 90, 91. When you'd go to a card show, you wouldn't even see a Gretzky card, a rookie. Because no one would bring them to sell. Because everyone was holding on and thinking, oh, this is, the, this is a golden ticket. And in a lot of ways it was for some yeah. people. And if you did see it as a 14-year-old kid, I couldn't afford it. They wanted like seven, 800 bucks for it. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd sell my cards. I'd sell my doubles for the day. I'd walk out with anywhere from 500 to 1,000 bucks cash, which is good money for a kid. Yeah. But it was this white, it was this, you know, it was like the what Monty Python, the quest for the Holy Grail like that for my brother and I. So we did stumble upon one, not in the best condition, but it's our card. And it means a lot to us because it's a connection between my brother and I, my mom who found it and our hero number 99. So nowadays, yeah, I mean, the treasure hunt, that Goonies aspect of the hobby is definitely gone for kids. Yeah. You know, if you're a 12 year old and you and you want, a, let's say, a, a Sidney Crosby rookie. You're going to find one. You just have to have the cash. Yeah. Whereas years ago, pre-internet, it was more of a goonie search. So if you still want to do the search thing, you can. I mean, I, I searched for years for a rookie card of a guy named Flash Hollett, who was the first ever Nova Scotian-born player to the NHL. And the guys at the Sports Card Expo would laugh. I'd come up there like, still don't have the Hollett, Kenny. Still don't have the Hollett. <laughs> so I eventually found one, of course, on eBay. But it was that was a, that was kind of a, a hunt, which I like, and I, I do like the hunt. Uh, but seeing what's happened with the value of the Gretzky, power of good for people. I mean, I've I sold one a few years ago, and now it's selling for way more. But good for those people if you can make a buck off it. If you want to keep it, good for you. I'm I'm not against any side of the hobby. Uh, if you want to invest, invest. If you want to collect, collect. Um, I think most people are probably a mixture of both. Yeah. Um, most people probably like to see themselves as sly investors when the when the time comes, but most people probably aren't. But um, when I see the value of cards, I I don't I'm not shocked by it. Uh, the ones I am shocked by are like the Mike Mike Trout, you know, card from uh, ten years ago that goes for nine hundred fifty thousand US with the buyer's premium. That that one shocked me. But when sure. I see a Gretzky that's increased in value, it was it's kind of nice because when we were hoarding all our Eric Lindros rookies back in the day. Now, Eric yeah. became a fantastic Hall of Fame player, but everybody who got an Eric Lindros rookie put it in a plastic sleeve and 
you know, there was a billion of them produced. So when Wayne Gretzky, that's one of the cards we can look back at and it didn't bust, right? Like so many of us hoarded the boom cards and they all busted, but yeah. good for people yeah. if they make a few bucks off their Wayne Gretzky. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it definitely stood the test of time. That's for sure. Yes. All right. So yes. before we before we move on and ask, you know, I do want to dig a little bit into your own collecting habits. But before we do that, let's just go to the, yeah. the viewers. We've got we got a bunch of comments coming in. So we got a couple of Ziggy's in the house tonight. Welcome, Ziggy. Corey's here. Corey, welcome. Say hi to Ken. Uh, Scott Noble's in the house. Hello, sir. Jason in the house, as always. Thank you, Aaron. Nice to see Ken Reed on here. Ken Reed on here. It sure is. Thanks for stopping by, Aaron. Corey, ESPN, but with 90% hockey, so nothing like ESPN. Fair <laughs> enough. It's just our version of it, uh, Corey. Just our version of it. Uh, Jason needs to get a copy of those two books. You sure do, Jason. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're lucky, you yes, can get Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, you do. And you, if you're lucky, you can get Ken to autograph them for him, for him, for you, sure. if you see him. Uh, Joey Silva says, Ken, can we get a go? Can we get a go Bruins? No. No, we cannot. Moving absolutely, on. Moving absolutely on. not. The hockey card storybooks are great reads for card fans and hockey fans. Have to agree that. Paul says, shout out to Cowboys. Oh, the, the bar. Cowboys bar here in Calgary. Uh -huh. Jason, good, good times. There. Eli's in the house. Welcome, Eli. Hello, Scott. Hello, Jay-Z. Happy to have you guys all with us. Where did I lose my note? Here we go. Bet, uh, Corey says, better reinforce, better reinforce that awards shelf, Ken, which I can't even see back there. Uh, yeah, uh, there isn't one. So that's there, exactly, that's exactly. Black, yeah. Here's a question for you, Ken. Tim wants to know, he loves the cover. Whose idea was it? And I love the cover too because I collect unopened oh, awesome. Opeachy packs. And this is reminiscent of an unopened yeah, okay. early 70s Opeachy. Who came up with this? Uh, ECW, they came up with it. And the design, they sent it to me. And I was just, I thought, this is absolutely perfect. And I know the wax pack book that came out in the US, they did a wax pack. It looks really cool. So when I saw that cover, I was just blown away. I thought that was the coolest thing. So thank you, ECW, my publisher. Yeah, that for is sure. all them. I think that is so cool. And and if you open it up, there's the big the pink page, which is supposed to represent a piece of gum. Piece of gum. So that's what that's what that is. Yeah, that's what that is. With the so uh, a lot of people said it's a flower on it. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people said it should have been scratch and sniff, so it smelled like the old gum when you open it up. So I thought that was a pretty good idea. That would be pretty. You know, as as a guy, like I really love the history of the hobby. I don't only collect cards; I collect artifacts yeah. of the hobby too. And including unopened packs. And people always say to me, How do you not open those packs? Because I got to run all the way back <laughs> to 1970. I say, I want the, I don't care what's wow. inside. I just, I just want the pack. I want to be able to look at it. And, and it's, it, you know, it's very nostalgic. And it really is the, the root of the hobby for me was opening up wax packs. See, I like that. That means if you just want the, pa the pack, you, you don't really have to be disciplined. Whereas me, I'd be just so tempted to open the dang thing up. Right. Oh, man. I don't know if I could. If I could hold off, I'd probably get a few pops in me one night. No, I don't. I could open. So that respect, man. Respect. Well, people, people always ask me, and I say to them, you know what? Maybe on my deathbed, if I have the opportunity, and I know, I know what's about to come, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll crack them then. Who knows? Could be fun. That'd I, you know, be cool. I, I, I got the I got the Gretzky pack. Seventy-five pack. Which wow. one? I cracked the seventy. I cracked the seventy-four, seventy-five pack with my buddy uh, Mike Char from uh, AA Sports Cards in Vancouver, and we actually—it was a pretty good pack. We had a Billy Smith in it second year. It wasn't a, wasn't the worst pack. That's out there on YouTube land somewhere, by the way. Not bad. It's always neat to think you could have a Gretzky rookie in that pack. I have a pack of the '86 Fleer uh, basketball. Maybe there. Maybe I got a Gretzky and a Jordan sitting in my uh, wow. 
in my collection. I don't even know it, but uh, let's let's well, just did you through. see? Oh. Uh, did you see the? Go ahead. Did you see the video from the national from the national this year where Buddy opened a whole box of seventy nine eighties and he only got the one Gretzky. I mean, that's oh, I missed man, that. Man, that's an expensive box. That's an expensive Gretzky rookie, man. Even you know, if you're PSA eight, that's not even ten. But what twenty percent of the box, maybe? That's yeah, bad. and and it's very likely off centered anyway, right? So you just never yep. know. Yep. You never know coming out of those packs how they are. Let's just finish some comments here. Scott says, love both books. Also love the top 10 mass cards he did on Facebook a few weeks ago. Great choices. Thank Very you. cool. Corey Jones, Andrew Jackson. Ha, huh, Ken, ask him to tell you the story of getting with Dale Howardchuk, with going, going with Dale Howardchuk to Shoal Lake in Northwest Ontario. Okay, lots of suggestions here. It's awesome. Uh, it's nice to give you the, to give, yeah, I think I agree with this comment here. It's nice to you you're giving these guys the attention in your books because these are guys that are i mean a lot of them are just not well known they're like to be yeah. blunt they're mostly forgotten as to their hockey careers by by the general well, fan right so yeah i think it's totally really, and i'm a yeah i yeah i mean for me i'm a big hockey history guy and i think that's one of the reasons i collect too is a connection to the the past of the game and i do love giving these guys a voice and telling their stories and you mentioned the hall of fame chapters and the hockey card books my original intention was just to have the books be common cards, guys you never heard of. But then the publisher kind of said, look, you got to have some names or otherwise no one's going to buy it. So that's how that came about. And they were right. They were absolutely right. Yeah. And to be honest, when I read the book, that's what I'm looking, you know, I know it's at the back and I'm excited to get there. So putting it at the back was a great strategic decision, I think as well, because, you know, instead of Thanks. at the front where you read it and then you can put the rest of it down, which I'm, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't do and I wouldn't, but it just I, I like the yeah. strategy there. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Troy, hey, that was a good. That was a good. I was going to say that was a good slow build, like an old school stampede wrestling match. Just build there to the go. end, build to the big move. Yeah, there you go. Troy just wants to mention he met you a couple of years ago at Frozen Pond, uh, and ran. ran uh, my daughter and I ran the Dennis Marouk autograph table. He was pimping his book that he wrote. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah, Dennis is a beauty. Dennis is a beauty. Right on, right on. Here's a comment from uh, Billy. I was born in the 86, so I missed the junk wax era. Was that the Gretzky, sorry, what was the Gretzky Opeachy before the Gretzky Opeachy? Do people value vintage? I mean, my opinion, it was the Bobby Orr rookie was the big one before the, the Gretzky rookie came out. What's your, how does your memory uh, recall that, Ken? What was the big yeah, I mean, I was, before? For me, it was, I mean, I was so focused on the Gretzky, right? I was such a Gretzky guy. Um, for me, it was always Wayne. It's amazing. I'm, Man, what the Bobby Orr rookie's done in the last two, three years is insane. I can't believe the way that's jumped up. That, to me, is, I don't want to say shocking, but it's crazy, the value of the way, the way that well, works. Yeah, and it's the same for the Gordie Howe and the Maurice Richard. All the big players, their cards have all gone yeah. up, you know, and especially in high grade and all that. Um, here's a question for you. Do, do you ever get any cool stuff from players? And, and I'm going to add to that question, Ken, because I was planning on asking you this anyway, but... In your job, do you ever talk about hockey cards with any player? Uh, do I get cool stuff from players? No. Uh, there's an, uh, there's like you got to give the guys the room, the respect. Uh, you can't fanboy it when you're at the rink. So the guys are the guys at the rink. Um, no, I don't get cool stuff from players. I would never ask a player for anything. I would never, ever, ever do that. Like I would be adamantly against it. Mm -hmm. um, so the players need to be treated as professionals, and that's – I mean, I'm sure everybody out there, the hockey card hobby doesn't come into their regular nine to five job. Same as for me. 
Um, but yet I talk about it openly now, like hockey cards, right? You don't, a lot of people don't tell people they collect hockey cards, but now it's okay, I think. So I talk about it. Uh, some of the, the guys at work all know, they, some of them make fun of me. Most of them don't because most of them did at one point. Um, and everybody has a hockey card story, right? And what was the, what was the second part of that one from the players? Really? I, I wonder, do you ever talk to the, the current players about cards? Does it ever come up at all? Like, cause I always wonder, you know, we know yeah. they sign cards. We know they're aware they have cards out there, but are they even on their radar? Really? Like, are do you have any information on that or any? Right. So for me, I'm an anchor, right? So I'm usually at the anchor desk. So I don't re- interact with modern players that much i'll do a game or two a year um so and it, it doesn't come up uh the the some of the guys that know me uh, through the books and uh some of the older players i know they'll ask me they'll say what's this worth you know i've got it from when i was a kid and i'll let them know uh but no it doesn't come up that much but i mean uh when Sidney crosby wrote the forward for my book he told me a hockey card story about uh mario lemieux his rookie uh, so everybody collected but no i i keep the, them totally Totally separate. I got to be a pro at my job, you right? Do. So this is my hobby. My job's my job. Yeah, I hear you. But if uh, if a guy, if but if I mean, if a guy asked me, I'd be more than happy to talk to him about it. I'll talk to anybody about anything. But but to be honest, I do not interact with uh, modern players that much, just because I'm in in the anchor desk. If they come into the studio, I'll I'll interview them and stuff like that. But hockey cards don't really come up. No. All right. So no, very interesting. All right. Josh said that you taught him everything he knows about golf. Joshua Thorne. Amit says, Hey bro, what does Charles say? Man, for a kid like me to see packs used to be 15 cents. I wish. Yeah. We, we always yeah. do. Still, they could all still we all do. 15 cents. Yeah. yeah. This is a, here's a good point from Josh. The cover feels like a slight wax coat and it does. It's got a very smooth it uh, does. to it. Yeah. Like it could be wax paper almost. It does. Uh, For the record, this is just water. And I put limes in it. I'm not drinking like a martini. Oh, yeah. Thing. No one's judging. No one's judging. We're just happy you're here, Ken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Steve Menzi, who owns the Sports Card Expo in Toronto, says, Ken, one of the best oh, yeah, ambassadors yeah, yeah. for the hobby. Steve, thank you thank for you, Steve. tuning in tonight. Appreciate having you here as always. Uh, Glenn says, Does Ken ever? Uh, I think we must have come by that one already. Okay. I must have lost my spot here. Um, oh, yeah. I love the best stash episode Ken made. I remember I saw some pictures. Thank you. Of, thank you. Thank you. Might be uh, Instagram uh, inspired there, or I saw them on there. Uh, Billy says it happens in other sports. I would love to see a current NHL player and embrace the hobby. Same here. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's interesting. George LaRock's a big collector. So, oh. but uh, like a lot of us, I mean, he didn't, I don't think he collected much when he played just because, I mean, when you're playing, you're usually in your twenties and thirties, right? There's other things to do for a lot of us, but that that is interesting. I I wonder if there are any players that that collect. I know there's a lot of guys who collect memorabilia, but I I do wonder if there's anybody that collects cards. Yeah, we we all want to know that for sure. And George Lorock actually has a card shop yeah. at the Summit Show in Edmonton last year. He was set up as a vendor and just hanging out like like wow. I was. All the other vendors were. Yeah, it was it was wow. no really cool. And he had some really nice cards. I think he I think he has a shop somewhere in Quebec. Uh, Richie Barone. He's got a shop in Montreal. There you go. Richie Barone's a good uh, buddy of ours from New York. We call him the mayor of Canada. Says, great book. Thank you for tuning in, of course, Richie. And Amit says, where was the most off-the-wall place you had to go to interview a player and or do a broadcast gig? Oh, off the wall. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I've let's see. For, for work, I've forgotten. 
to O'Leary PEI for Craft Hockeyville. I've gone to Yellowknife for Scotiabank Hockey Day in Canada. Um, usually when you're interviewing the guys, it's just at the side of the rink. Uh, I've gone to guys' homes before when they've been traded to, you know, you, you set up a camera and you interview them at their house. Uh, but but nothing too crazy. Um, I'm just trying to think. I've been in, you know, when there's massive scrums back in my reporting days, I've literally been down on, on one knee, you know, holding a, a microphone up like that. But I can't think of uh, any crazy places. I've been in awkward positions where you try to hold a mic into a scrum like that, but nothing, right. nothing too nuts. All right. All right. So we do have some more questions coming up that are uh, kind of geared towards some of the stuff we're going to get to shortly. Al, I'm speaking to you and Charles at the moment. We'll get to those in the meantime. So you, you know, you write about cards, you work in sports, you've collected cards as a kid. My perception of you as a collector is that you collect 70s and 80s cards, just maybe because of your books. Why don't you tell everybody, yeah. myself included, what do you collect, actually, if it's more than that? And then after that, I want to know what you think about the modern hobby and modern cards, like post-1990 stuff. Mm -hmm. And really, yeah. up until today's cards and the values and everything. Sure. I collect basically anything that makes me chuckle. Like I like looking at something and it takes me to a place. So for hockey cards, I mean, like I said, I'm a big uh, hockey history guy. So I'll collect anything. I got a lot of 50s, a lot of 60s, a lot of 70s, a lot of 80s. Um, I'm kind of not much into the post-boom era. Um, I didn't really get into that because, like I said, I went away for a while. But, you know, um, so that there's kind of a dead zone in there. As far as the modern stuff goes, I don't collect it, but I do enjoy it, if that makes sense. Like, it is sharp. So I, I got a couple boxes for my son, Jacoby. He's seven uh, during the COVID lockdown, and we had a blast open them he actually hit a jack hughes autograph card which we thought was hilarious <laughs> um but so i can see why people get into the new stuff it is it's like putting a line of corvettes beside a bunch of old pintos right yeah, but maybe yeah. there's something in my heart that makes me have a soft spot for that pinto so that's why i collect the old stuff um another thing i i really enjoyed you know in the last few years is um i think there's a resurgence in 80s stuff which sounds weird in 70s stuff because it was the stuff that I really wanted when I was a kid, but I couldn't afford it. But now I can, I can go plop down 20 bucks for something that as a kid, I, I couldn't get really, really access to, but I, I enjoyed collecting rookie cards of guys who were born from Nova Scotia. So I was telling you about the flash haul at rookie card. I eventually found that. I think it's a 1935, 36 Uh but I will collect anything, anything that kind of, takes me down memory lane or takes me to a special place in the game. Uh, and I'm, I'm so excited that I go into my kid's room and he's got some modern cards in there because these are his current heroes. And I collect my heroes from the past. And then when I say my heroes, that goes all the way back to the 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, guys who are before my time. And maybe I'll read a book and I'll take a liking to a guy. I wrote, read a book a few years ago called Breakaway about um, Russian and and uh, uh, East uh, Russian and what's the word I'm looking for? Players who came over to the NHL and one of the players they profiled was Vaclav Natamansky and he was one of the first people from the communist world in the 70s to make his way. So I went out and hunted for Vaclav Natamansky rookies. Natamansky rookies. So basically anything that that takes me uh, to the past and gives me a little piece of hockey history. And but man, when I I look at some of the modern stuff. I see that shows. I'm blown away. The boxes I got for my son, I was blown away. That, but man, the upper deck makes absolute Cadillacs. It's it's awesome. 
awesome to see. So I'm very happy to see people into the modern stuff. I absolutely love that. And I'm always happy to see people into the vintage stuff as well. I mean, people always ask me, what, what should I collect? That's a common question I get. And I always say, collect what you want. If you want to spend 500 bucks on a, if you want to spend 500 bucks on a box, box of the cup, do it. If you want to go through a quarter bin all day, do it, collect what you want. So speaking of quarter bins, cause you know, I know you from your books. I've also seen you walk in the aisles at the expo in Toronto several times. You know, you got your cap on, you're, you're low, you're just doing your thing. You're not there as Ken Reed Sportsnet. <laughs> you're, you're not there as Ken Reed, the author, yeah. even you're there as Ken Reed, the collector. I've even seen you at the national in Chicago. We were, I think we just happened to walk by each other at, a, at an aisle. And I said, I kind of gave you a nudge and said, Hey, how's it going? And I, you, you recognize me from Toronto. We had a little chat. My yeah. question is, what are you looking for when you're walking the aisles at Expo or and and when you make a special trip to Chicago for the national? What are you what are you hunting down there? See, that's the good part is I don't know. I don't know what I want when I go to these things. I know a lot of people go with their want list and they say if you don't go with your want list, it's makes no sense. But I'm the kind of guy if I see a monster box for sale and it's like monster box, 70s and 80s garbage, give me 20 bucks, I'll buy it because I want to see what's in there. So I kind of like that treasure hunt. Yeah. So when I go to the expo or I go to the national, I basically looking, I'm looking for something that I don't know it's there. So something that just jumps out at me. And a lot of times I'll find it. A lot of times it's not a card. It might be a button. It yeah. might be an old shirt. It might be uh, like last time I was walking around um, the expo and there's an old road hockey mask there. And I had seen one of those in years, but it was the kind my buddies and I used to have. And I said, how much, bud? 20 bucks, done. Yeah. Right? So that. Um, and then maybe I'll see some, like a, like a real sharp Dale Howard Chuck rookie. And I'll think, geez, I don't have a really good Dale rookie. Yeah. That, then, then I want that. But I like, I like being surprised. I guess if I were a fisherman, I wouldn't go specifically to a trout hole. I'd go out to the ocean where you cast your line and you don't know what you're going to get. So that's, I'm, I'm looking for a surprise. That's what I'm looking for. Right on, right on. And that, that's, you know, I was going to, I was going to actually say to you, like, it's, a, it's similar to me because I go looking for cards, but I'll buy other things too. And you just, especially at the national, you just yeah. don't know what you're going to find at the expo. You're going to find some cool old hockey pieces and the odd old baseball, football, basketball, golf, whatever. But, um, that's yeah. what's fun about these shows. I agree. You go there with an right. open mind and something catches your eye, whether it's a card or something different, and you buy it. And yeah. now you build the collection that is not just cards. Yep. If you're, you know, it's a real fun way to do it. So, okay. Yeah. The, uh, the hobby has obviously evolved, uh, both the cards and the community, the hobby community, the way that we engage with each other, the way we communicate, the relationships that we, that we build. So you're on Instagram. I, I follow you on Instagram. I had your Instagram handle uh, and Twitter earlier, and I'll put it back up shortly for everybody to uh, to go follow you on there if they're not already. What's something cool? And this brings comes us brings us back to Al's question from uh, about eight minutes ago or so, and I'll bring it up right now actually. So how is the search going for identifying the player person on the seventy six uh -huh. uh, OPG Brian Maxwell cards? And before you answer, let's just give anyone who's not aware of this some context. And why, why don't you explain it? What are you, you know, it, it's really neat what you're doing. I've watched your, your Instagram videos. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool what you're doing. G tell us about what you're doing, why you're doing it and, and you know, how fun it is and, and what you hope to gain. Right. 
so this card was in my first book, Hockey Card Stories, and I called Brian up, and uh, he said, that's not me on the card. I said, really? And he said, I had three cards, and I was only on one of them. So he's on his 82-83 OPG. His 78-79 is Brad Maxwell, and there's this card, this 76-77 OPG. And a lot of, like, ComC lists this card as Brad Maxwell on the card. So when we wrote the book, six, seven years ago, uh, Brad Maxwell did not know who was on this card. So I just kind of let it rest. And uh, Nitsi's Talkie Dan did a column on it, said, hey, I saw this in Kenny's book. I'm trying to track down who it is, and he couldn't do it. So I start an Instagram channel during all this uh, COVID stuff, and I think, well, I've got nothing to do. My wife's driving me up the wall, right? Do something, because there's no Sportsnet Central now. Right. I'm on hiatus. So I said, man, I should try to figure out who's on this Brian Maxwell card. So I, I look through the, the, so my theory, so it's an airbrushed, he's traded from the Cleveland Crusaders to Cincinnati, and it's a bad airbrush, but you can clearly see the Cleveland covers on colors on the shoulder of the person in the photo. So I go through the Crusaders uh, hockey DB page, and I'm like, there's no one that really looks like him. So I kind of put the question out there on, on, uh, Instagram and, and the theories start rolling in. Uh, everyone says uh, Terry Ball, no. And as soon as I put it out, Cam Connor, who used to play in the WHA, said it's this guy. He's a goalie. He played so many games in the WHA. So I tracked the guy down. He's living in Phoenix. I called him. I sent him sent him the email, the card. No, Kenny, not me. And by the way, the best thing about writing hockey card stories was getting to talk to the players. And it's the same with this little search. It's getting to talk to these guys who are just great guys. Yeah. Um, so it's not this guy. It's not this guy. And everyone's saying, that's Ron Plum. That's Ron Plum. And I'm like, well, I know, I know Ronnie. I don't know. John Garrett immediately uh, chimes in. He said, I played with Ron Plum. That's not Ron Plum. I eventually get a hold of Ronnie. He's like, no, it's not me. My wife and I looked at it. We don't have a clue who it is. Another guy would say this player. And I'd contact that player. He'd said, it's not me, but I, I, it's weird, but I don't have a clue who that is. I'd contact another player, and he'd say, you know what? A few of the boys who played on the, the Crusaders, we've been emailing because we saw you do this. And he says, none of us know who that is. So I reach a dead end. So then I'm, I'm, a, and I'm, looking at, and I'm, and I'm looking at all these Cleveland players. I reach out to a buddy of mine whose father was the Cleveland Crusaders coach a few years before the picture was taken. His picture's not in any of the previous teams. I contact the team's former general manager, who still lives in the Cleveland area, who was only 32 when he was the GM, so he's still, he's like 75 now. He says, I have no idea who that is. And I'm thinking, okay, if the general manager doesn't know, this is not a player. So my theory is it's either a photographer or someone who sat on a stool for the photographer to test his lighting, to take a picture to test his lighting or something. Right. So... I've managed, so I go through a, a, a body of mine, and he tracks down the emails of the two official photographers from the Cleveland Crusaders, who near as we can tell, and we're talking, this picture was taken in 74, 75, somewhere in there, who near as we can tell are still with us. So the last thing I did is this person on my behalf emailed these two guys. I haven't heard back from them yet. I'm hoping that one of them took the picture and they can say, that's me. That's my cousin. That's my son. That's so-and-so who was sitting in, but it's not a trainer. It's not a GM. It's not a coach. And I'm positive. It's not a player, but if anybody out there knows who this is, cause it's somebody's brother, dad, son, something, let me know. And, and, and Jeremy, you had a, I said, I should get the card before we went on and show it, but you had 
You had a better idea, Jeremy, how we yeah, put the card off. I'm about to tee that up right now for you, Ken. So instead of uh, Ken showing us this card right now, everybody, you can you can go follow him on Instagram. I have it on the ticker down there right now. Uh, he shows the card there. Go watch his videos. They're actually pretty entertaining. Check it out. Give him a follow. And uh, let's see if he ever finds out who's on the Brian Maxwell card. I like I like the theory that it's like the cameraman just kind of set the timer and said, well, hey, Brian Maxwell yeah. never showed up for his for his session, so I'm going to go get on the card. I need somebody or I'm not going to get paid, that's, so I better go sit on that. That's got to be who it is. Right? And you know, back then, he would just take a – and he probably thinking, I'm taking a picture of a body, and they can do the rogue bash right. on Lock Ross Lonsbury and just put the head on it later. So, to me, it's – it's the whoever took that picture knows who it is. That's like That's my thing. It's not a random player, I don't think. Yeah, fair. Fair. But who knows who took the picture, right? Because this is oh. oh, this is back in the day. I'm assuming it's the club photographer, but I don't know. Could be anybody, man. It'll be interesting to find out if you ever find out and solve this mystery. Inquiring minds certainly oh. want to know. Charles says the oh, biggest yeah. mystery of all time, Brian Maxwell. Fair. Okay. I feel like Robert. I feel like Robert Stack in Unsolved Mysteries back in the day. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, exactly. I, I just have no idea. All right, I'll run through a few more comments, try and catch up on them. I typically fall behind on the show, Ken, where we, we deal with uh, comments That's from like 10, 15 minutes ago. But let's just run through here. Paul says, I popped by George Rock's booth at the Summit Show, a witty and entertaining guy. I met him there too. I have to agree. 99% sure I bought a one-of-one one from Shay Fedor, says Simon. Uh, anonymous Facebook user who, if you go, uh, okay, we'll just do the question. If Ken could open any wax box or tin. What would it be? And before you answer, Ken, I'm just going to mention to uh, just going to mention to this user if you could do us a favor. I'm going to put the comment here. If you can go to Streamyard.com, oh, that's not the one I want. Sorry, I'm going to change the banner up here, right there. If you can go to Streamyard.com/slash/Facebook, click on the big blue button. It'll allow us to see your name, and I will get you much more involved once you're no longer anonymous. So please go click the big blue button. Streamyard.com slash facebook i'll go back to ken's uh his in, uh, instagram and twitter handles right there everybody if you want to go see the brian maxwell card and uh help us solve that mystery okay where were we uh right over here if you could open up any wax box ken mm -hmm. what would it be okay so i know there's more valuable cards than this one i would go after but i would if someone bestowed a box of 79.80 on me, I would just love to a pack and leave through and come at it, arrive at a Gretzky rookie. I oh. just think oh. that'd be magic. Now, in my mind, that's the earliest card I can remember getting in a pack, not the Gretzky rookie, but that design. And I didn't get a Gretzky rookie. I was only four or five years old at that time. But if you could, uh, if some, like by the grace of whomever, or if I was, you know, Jeff Bezos, or somebody i'd buy one just to open it but i think that'd be really cool and i yes i know i wouldn't get my money back but then i'd be so stinking rich i wouldn't care anyway right exactly exactly yeah. um you know it's everyone's dream to go back in time and open up a box of 7980 opg or uh, for that matter and find yeah. a rookie rookie i mean yep oh imagine yeah. that yeah, I always watch Back to the Future. Whenever I watch Back to the Future, I always think Marty should go buy a bunch of cards and take them back in the DeLorean, but he never did. No, he's too focused on the almanac in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right? He's, uh, he's, 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 he's not focused on the right things there, Marty. Uh, Aaron Goldstein says, do you have any pre-war hockey cards from like 1011? They're fantastic pieces of hockey history. They are? I do not. 
would love to. Uh, opportunity has yet to arise. And, and like I, I said to you, Jeremy, I'm, I'm not much of an online buyer. I'm more of a treasure hunt guy. But uh, opportunity has yet to arise. No, I do not, Aaron. Okay. All right. The next question, I'm going to read it. It's probably, well, I'll put it on. It might cut off our chins because it's pretty long. So I'm going to lift my head up here. Oh, not that bad. All right. Ken, do you ever get a chance to read other hockey authors' books? I'm friends with Kevin Shea. He's wrote something like 18 best-selling hockey books. Do you follow other writers? Such a granny. Such Absolutely. a great Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Kevin Shea is a beauty. He's been a great supporter of my writer. One of my favorite books is one Kevin wrote with Derek Sanderson. It's just an awesome book. Um, if you look in that closet right there, it's full of hockey books. Out there is full of hockey books. One of my favorite hockey books is within reach there, and I recommend everybody re read it from 2004, Rebel League. It's about the WHA. Very it's cool. just awesome. So, yes, I am a massive consumer of hockey books, and I got more than a few Kevin Shays in my collection for sure. Very cool. And now you got your own and, book. And, your and I, right. And, that's, and as a kid, I mean, I read hockey books nonstop, and I always dreamed of writing one. So now to be included with those guys is, and to think that my book might be on somebody's shelf is pretty pretty cool it's on mine man at least you got one guy here who who's who's got your book on and his. autograph and i got and the autograph I sure do. Uh, and it's actually really cool because I, this, I, I, I got it at the expo you were there at the upper deck booth signing the book so i showed it earlier i'll show it again there you signed it you signed it to me and then i got like a, a mm -hmm. bonus where is it here i'll just this here is uh, Chris, Chris Carlin, Carlin, also signed it to me. So that was a, you know, two so and one. So you know who you need now. You know who you I need mean, now. I mean, you have two kid. of the three. You need Sidney Crosby, man. Crosby. He kid. also wrote the forward there. Yeah. yeah. We'll work on yeah. that. Yeah. We'll work on that, Ken. Maybe he'll come. I like Sid's. I, yeah. Maybe. I love Sid's story in there about the Mario Lemieux rookie. That was pretty cool. And I asked him. I don't know if it was in there. I said, did you ever tell Mario that story? No, but he lived with the guy whose rookie card he wanted. So that's Yeah. Cool. Talk about dreams achieved, right? All right. Amit says, oh, yeah. I'm a new, Amit says, I'm a new fan. I had to chase down a Joe Lundrigan autograph. Totally random, but made my day. Beauty. Troy Go said, Washington Capitals. Yeah, Joe Lundrigan, great player. I believe Grand Falls, Windsor, Newfoundland. Uh, he lives in, or no, I'm confusing him. He lives in Halifax now. I'm confusing him with, with Tony White. But Joe Lundrigan, yes, solid player, mid-70s. Awesome. Uh, Troy says, thanks for coming on tonight, and big thanks for Jeremy for doing this. You're welcome, Troy. Amit, I can relate to the Pinto, the Pinto conversation. Awesome. Billy says, since you prefer older cards, how do you feel about legendary pieces of game used? being cut up for cards, i.e. George Vezina's pads? That's a great question, Billy. How well, I know the guy that did the, I know the guy that decided to do the Vezina's pads move and to cut them up. And he was, uh, he, he I, was actually, uh, Ken, he was my guest on a show about three weeks ago on here. So he sat right where you Ken are. Ken Whitmill? And, yeah. uh, who Ken worked a great with guy. Brian Price, right? Right, Kenny Whitmill. Yeah, great dude. Um, uh, again, uh, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, the market decides if, if people didn't buy used equipment cards, somebody wouldn't be tempted to cut up those pads. So, uh, I mean, in an ideal world, would I love to see those pads remain intact? Sure. But if everyone can get a piece of them, that's a good thing too. So I'm not gonna, and if people really want those cards, good for them. They can have a piece of hockey history themselves. 
That's right. Instead of having to travel to Toronto and going to the Hall of Fame to see something, we can uh, actually have them in our own home. It's a small, small piece of but, what yeah. was once a, a larger piece of memorabilia, but it gives a lot of collectors the opportunity to, to own a piece of history that is actually sure. was actually in the game, not just a, a picture on a two and a half by three and a half inch yeah. piece of cardboard. So it's it's uh, it's uh, you can you can see the positive in both. I mean, if they didn't cut up his pads, I wouldn't be disappointed either. Fair. Good, good, good answer. I love it. Uh, Josh Thorne says, it's always a highlight when Ken pops by my expo booth. Always a great chat about what's hot this year. Hey, so- Josh. Josh has an awesome, awesome collection. Good golfer, too. Yeah, Josh, apparently. Golfer. apparently. Golf with him at the Greg's on golf. Yeah, Josh leaves it all out on the line. Leaves it all out of the course. Yeah. Amit goes on to say, this is fun. I love I love hobby nerding out and now hobby CSI, the unsolved mystery. Yeah, this is... This is as nerdy as you can get. We've taken it to a new level. That's great. It is. It is. And I love how you're broadcasting it all over uh, on Instagram, just like we're doing right now here on YouTube and Facebook. Chris West says, is there anything or any player that surprises you with their lack of value? Interesting question. Anything you can think of? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in baseball, I think Jackie Robinson is massively undervalued, but that's baseball. Hockey, I mean, the, the thing for me with hockey is in a lot of ways, it's a Gretzky or Hal hobby. You know what I mean? Like, those are the three big guys of the hobby, I think, for vintage. Now, Maurice Richard's obviously worth a ton. Uh, but I think there are, yes, a lot of underpriced players out there. But then again, the market determines the price, supply and demand. But So if everybody wants a Bobby Orr rookie, it's going to go up. Same with Wayne. But there are a lot of great, great players whose cards aren't going to set you back a ton. I mean, and if if you didn't play in for the Leafs too, right? So there's there's a ton ton of guys who are, I think, undervalued. Like Bernie Perrant, shouldn't his rookie card be worth just an absolute boatload of money? But So that's one of the great things about the hobby, though, is, I mean, if, if you're not after Gretzky or Lemieux, uh, Howe, you have access to a lot of great cards. I mean, uh, there's there's a few I'd like to get my hands on that that I think aren't as aren't as worth as much as they should be. But uh, okay. I, and, and with modern stuff too, I think we all uh, we all go for Crosby, McDavid. There's a lot of great players out there as well. I mean, for me, I I, I love I, Bobby Hall has some sort of appeal to me. I'd love a Bobby Hall rookie. Um, there's there's so many guys out there. I mean. Jacques yeah, Plant yeah. is another good one. I mean, Jacques, like, like a Ken Hodge rookie, Ken Hodge, a Johnny Busick rookie, right? Johnny Busick scored a lot of goals. I have two fifty-one, fifty-two Parkers Milt Schmitz. They're not yeah. in the best shape, but they're very affordable. Red Kelly, I mean, four Stanley Cups as a defenseman, four Stanley Cups as a center. That's a guy whose card should be just crazy valuable when you think of it. But I get it; it is supply and demand. Totally yeah. get it. For sure. For sure. Okay, yeah. uh, let's go here. Uh, names come in. Hi, Jeremy and Ken. Sorry late to the show. Glad to have you. You can always go back and watch the beginning later. Steve had to leave. Lost his power at his house. No problem, Steve. We'll see you at the virtual oh, expo. Thunder and, light- thunder and lightning here in Toronto earlier tonight. So Steve's yeah. uh, kind of my end of the city. So hopefully I remain on here. I'm glad you're you're staying safe, uh, all, all safe and indoors right now, Ken. <laughs> uh, and, and, hi- and hydrated and hydrated. And hydrated. Check out uh, the virtual sports card expo, everybody. Uh, June 19th and 20th, sportcardexpo.com is the site. Uh, I'm going to be doing a pre expo show 
with my special guest, who I, I might announce during this show here tonight. Um, I can tell you he's in the audience. And um, anyway, we're going to be doing an expo pre-show, tips and tricks, how to approach it, what we think it'll be like, and uh, maybe a little preview of what we will be offering. Um, Amit, uh, Richie and Amit, always always arguing, but always in good jest. All right, fellas. Uh, Amit says, Mark Savard, great player, lots of points, no hobby love. There's tons of players like that. Right. Right, I mean. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Man, Mark, Mark uh, was, sorry, Mark was such oh. a great broadcaster when he was with us at Sportsnet, too. Man, was he good. And so I'm glad to see him having some success in St. Louis. But yeah, there's there's like a guy like Mark Savard, like Patrice Bergeron, shouldn't, like he's probably the best two-way player uh. of our era. And I, I, aside from Crosby, because I do think Sid's a great two-way player, but you know, there's, there's lots of guys out there, I think, who are re- undervalued. Oh, yeah. No shortage, for sure. Anonymous Facebook user says, Mario, way too cheap for what he did. I, I agree. I mean, I've been I've touted that on this show several times. I think he's probably uh, relatively undervalued for his Opeachy rookie card and his Topps rookie card in in high grade. Um, and uh, and then he says, Red Kelly was typing it as you said. OK, we're at the end of the comments. Nice. That, that's great. Um, so I want to ask you, you know, we're in the middle. Well, we're we're in the middle of a. I think we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're well into a pandemic right now. Everybody's at home. You know, lots of free time on our hands. People aren't out there spending money the way they used to be on travel, going out, spending money with their friends, uh, other luxury items. And I think a lot of money's poured into the hobby as of late. And I think a lot. What else is happening is that a lot of people in their boredom are actually looking for something new to do, and they are actually mm-hmm. picking up in the hobby have you you know someone who's out there you got friends you've got colleagues have you seen personally any sort of uptick or you know older collectors getting back into it now because they're bored and want something to do going through their old cards maybe going to their folks place and picking them up or digging them out from their garage or basement well i think the first couple weeks of this thing people sat at home they tried to work out then weeks three and four they said i wonder what's around the house and they look and tons of people found old cards they collected people are tweeting me pictures and everything like that and reaching out and yes i think uh especially in this time where people sports fans want to have a sports outlet and the only sports outlet you have is reading about sports or maybe collecting something about sports unless you're really into bundesliga so i think uh if people go and find their own card old cards and that's an easy way to get hooked i mean and then they're back into it so yes i think there's been a definite huge interest in the hobby because let's face it tons of people dug through their stuff and found old things and you get nostalgic and i think some of the people who found those old things will just put them back where they found it but maybe 10 15 percent will say i wonder what else is out there and maybe those are the people who became collectors. Uh, I'll be interested to see um, in a year or two when I think we feel the the real financial hit of this uh, shutdown, uh, what kind of disposable income people have uh, for the hobby. But yes, I think this last three months of us all being stuck inside has rejuvenated probably a lot of old collectors to get back into it. Now, has it turned new collectors on? Perhaps, but I think there's a lot of old timers like us, you know, who... Yeah. who found a, a few boxes of cards and said, man, this is pretty cool. And it looks like I've had, man, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and go, what is this worth? What is this worth? What is this worth? And a lot of it's, you know, 1990 score. So 
Right. Uh, at, at, I, I used to be really nice about it. Oh, well, and now I'm just not worth anything. Like, you know, I, I don't beat around the bush anymore with it. No. But I always say it's worth something to you. And, and uh, one friend of mine, uh, his, his son passed a few years back. But he said, I, I found these cards and my son had them. And there was some, you know, there was uh, some score in there. And then there was a couple of 70, 79s. I think I saw a, a bossy rookie in there. And I said, hey, those are, some of them are worth money. And I said, he goes, well, I'm just going to check them out. And I said, look, give them to my dad. I'll take them when I get home. Or better yet, give them to a kid. So he wrote me back the next day and said, I gave them to this kid. And I thought, that is fantastic. Because he probably just turned somebody else into a collector. But like, but like we said earlier, Jeremy, there's... I don't think there's any such thing as a common card. So I think, yeah, a lot of people have been sucked back into the hobby during this uh, during this time and probably a lot more have been turned on to it as well. Yeah, and you know what? As soon as they find those old cards and then they go maybe onto eBay and see what they're worth or start <laughs> yeah. making calls and then they see what else is out there and if they are sophisticated yeah. with eBay and they, they can actually see, you know, completed listings and see that, now, what, you know, I don't know if you saw this LeBron James rookie card sold last night for like fifty-seven thousand U.S. dollars. You know, the the cards Man. only fifteen years old, and uh, that's crazy. It's, that's it, crazy, it's, and, and well, it's not even his. Uh, make, say, isn't there a Mc, isn't there a McDavid out there that's going to hit the auction block pretty soon? A nine point five uh, autograph. So yeah, like, it's his it's, fifty thousand, fifty thousand maybe. I think it's at fifty-seven thousand U.S. right now. It's his. It's his cup rookie, only ninety-nine made, and it's the one that is numbered ninety-seven of ninety-nine. And yeah, that one's on. Oh, the, cool! It, All right. It's That's at. Uh, I think it's with That's Leland's cool. auction company right now. I think they're the. One, I think it's Leland. Someone can yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. They're hosting the auction, and um, yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, super limited, yeah. super rare, and uh, a, a real investment piece for it. It'll end up with an investment yeah. collector, I believe. Well, so. I think the other thing that a lot of people that are coming back to the hobby are learning, and it, and it's what I'm trying to tell them, is, I mean, you only read about the $500 pack of the cup. You don't know that you can go get a pack Upper Deck MVP for affordable price, but I think the best thing that's happened in the last five years is the Tim Hortons cards. A buck, for, and the kids yeah. can get a pack for a buck. And in our day, when I started, it was $0.25, cents, then it was $0.35, cents, then a dollar, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. To me, a, a loony is what a quarter was back in the day. So I think that is so important in getting kids into the hobby. And I hope the next time I go to a show, I see a ton of kids because I love seeing kids out at the show. I think that's just great. So I think people are are kind of starting to to learn that not every card is worth a bazillion dollars. Not every pack costs that much. It is affordable. It's to me, it's uh it's like car shopping. You can buy a Lamborghini. Or you can get that used Pinto I was talking about, or or a more affordable car. There's all kinds of range, and I, I do like that. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. There's a price point for everybody, and a lot of people like to say that right, there aren't. Right. There. A lot of people like to say there's no kids in the hobby, but I, I tend to argue that because when I'm at card shows, I do see kids there. I, I've I've gotten to know some younger. I don't like kids, but I mean, you know young teenagers middle teenagers charles who's watching right now i think is 14 years old and these guys are these guys are into cards and and i'm i speak about charles, awesome. i speak about charles the 14 year old he collects like vintage like pre-war kind of stuff this guy it, it's wow it, good it's for really, him good for he's him. a historian you know he's a young historian just like just like you know a lot of us collectors are and um but i, I yeah. always say 
there, there's more kids in the hobby, I think, than we think there are. And uh, and there's something for everybody. You know, a lot of people are always saying, oh, I can't even, how can you even be in the hobby now? You can't, you know, it's only for the elite. You can't afford it. Well, you can't maybe afford those cards and that that just is what it is. But there are other price points out there, especially if you want to be a set collector, put together a set of Opeach right. or MVP for hockey or whatever for the tops for baseball. You know, there, there, are, there are options. You don't have to be rich, I don't think, to, uh, to collect cards. Well, can I just say another thing about that? And I love that point. Uh, I love older cards, but you're right. You don't have to be rich. It My Milt Schmitz that I love, I love, I can say I have Milt Schmitz. They're not in good shape. So I got them at a cheaper price, but they're presentable, right? Like everybody reads about a card. Oh my God, that sold for $10,000. I'm like, yeah, but if you get it in lower grade, it, it still looks good. Like, I mean, there's, there's that too, right? Not everything has to be perfect in mint. And I, I'm not perfect. I mean, look, look at this haircut right now. That's horrible, but I still kind of like it. So I can buy a card that's off grade. If you can live with it, you st it's still a piece of hockey history. Now, would I prefer if it was perfect? Probably, but it doesn't have to be, right? My, I'm sure my wife wishes I was perfect, but I do have my faults. So, you know, right. it's all right. good to me. No, and, and th that's a great point there that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And uh, what uh, something I've kind of embraced in the hobby more recently for myself is that uh sometimes it's really just about owning the card it's not about having it in a psa 10 gem mint condition owning a card is right. cool if it's a card that you really love to own and look at and and know that you have right so stand by i like this the, i'm in the spare room right so my wife and kids are away for a week so it's become kind of the card room just hold on a sec okay okay we'll just so wait for let's wait you're for right so there's so there's all these cards like I love this card of a guy named Lowell McDonald. He's from where I'm from. He was the first guy to make the NHL where I was from. And I thought, you know, and I put it in a semi rigid. I'm in love with semi rigids, by the way, way better than top loaders, I think. And I think that just looks so cool and maybe worth a buck. But then and here we go. But so I'm looking through this box of cards the other day and I think. Man, and I, I tried to track this guy down for one of my books, but I thought, I'm going to put this in a semi-rigid just because I like the way it looks in there. A guy named Yeri Gillis. Now, this card isn't worth 10 cents, probably. But I said, look at that duster on him. He's got, where is it? He's got the rolly fingers thing going where he's got yeah. the curls at the end. I never, and I wanted it from a hockey card book. I couldn't track him down. <laughs> so I just, you know, like, and to me, that's about the perfect goal looking goalie card. And, oh, yeah. you know, they're not worth – those aren't worth a ton, but I just like having them. I don't know why. I think semi-rigids just make everything look better too. So, you know, but what, that's just me. I think you're you're a you're a true collector. Uh, you know, we, we talked earlier that you've got the, the continuum between investors and collectors and everyone sort of yeah. somewhere in the middle. And I, always, I often do this with my hands up in the air on the show, and I say collectors, investors, everyone's somewhere in the middle, but <laughs> no one's really over here or no one's really on the extreme end. But I think you're maybe on the extreme end of collector uh, because I don't think uh, you're yeah. any other reason. Well, then you're getting into hoarding, right? And then it gets, gets scary. Um, oh. Yeah, but you know what? If you gave me something i can flip it i'd probably flip it but yeah i i'm probably 98 collector for sure but you know there's our buddy back lab how's that for centering oh isn't that just beautiful oh wow back lab netomansky but bad centering but i just you know i just i just think i think if you really like a car and if it's not worth any money and you want to put it in a holder put it in a holder if you, want, sure. if you think a card, if a card's worth a ton and you don't like it, you don't have to do anything you want with it. But yeah, I think maybe I am more of a collector than 
definitely more of a collector than an investor. That's for sure. I think so. So speaking of card values, uh, name a, a buddy of mine goes by Indigenous Rookie Cards on uh, Instagram. He uh, he collects all the rookie the rookie cards of all the Indigenous. Yeah, players I know. Played. Yeah, you're yeah. familiar with name. Yeah. So uh, he says, am, he asked me, all the guys in my collection are undervalued. And that's kind of what you want out of a collection is to feel that everything you have is undervalued. Maybe not to everybody else. Well, yeah, yeah. to everybody else, right? Because you value them more than most people do oftentimes, especially obscure yes. players. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. And uh, uh, I think, yeah. yeah. I was going to oh, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Billy says, speaking of broadcasters, yep. which which former uh, which former or current player surprised you with their on screen ability? Good question. Uh, he didn't surprise me, but uh, he's so good. It's Colby Armstrong, who's a really good buddy of mine. So I'm being biased. I love Colby because the Colby you see on TV is the Colby you see off TV. There's no difference. He's just a happy dude. Colby's the kind of guy. He walks in a room and you smile. And I always think that's the best quality a person can have. If you watch his old stuff from when he played in Wilkes-Barre, when he played in Pittsburgh, behind the scenes, it's the same guy you see on TV. And any young broadcaster, I'd give them the, the same advice. And it's the it's, it's the, honestly the hardest thing to do on television, and it's be yourself. Because right. a lot of young broadcasters try to be a broadcaster. Colby's just a dude, man. And it's all good. I, I, I love Colby on TV. I, I think... Uh, Another guy that's strong like that is Christopher Stieg. He just comes in. He's his own dude. And uh, I just think that's a that's a great quality to have. But there's there's a lot of good ones out there, that's for sure. And, but I, I just like guys that are, can just be themselves. It, it's, ni- it's nice to hear you say that about Colby and, and Christopher Stieg because, you know, as just a guy who, you know, just a sports fan watching from my house here in Calgary, uh, you don't know these guys. So, but you do kind of like them on TV. And when you hear that that's just who they are, it, it kind of warms your heart. Yeah. Bit, uh, yeah. To, to hear that. A funny yeah. story about Colby Armstrong. I don't know if you're aware of this, but you know, his rookie card his from the cup, obviously the premier hockey brand. Um, it's from the same year as Sidney Crosby's rookie card. So anytime somebody was opening okay. up the back of the cup in 0506 and they do that slow roll, or they'd see if it was a penguin, they'd be like, oh, it might be Crosby. And I'd be like, oh, no, it's Colby Armstrong. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell that to Army. He's going to love that. Yeah. I was at the National uh, in Chicago a couple years, and I come across this monster box, and it's autographed NHL cards, a buck. And I thought, I'll look through this. So I'm looking for the 60s and 70s ones, and I take one pile and go through them. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Turn it around, get my picture with it. It's Army. I sent it to him. He's in the dollar bin, even his autographed card. But, hey, <laughs> the buck more than the one i never had so True yeah that. he's a he's a beauty i i love that guy yeah i, I look forward to watching him next I, time i see him on tv at broadcasting and really uh you know watching for that personality trait of his of just being a, a great guy yeah really and, cool. and he chirps me bad he chirps me bad like i i'm a chirper right in the room i'm a chirper when i play men's league i'm a chirper all the time he's like oh you're just at home with your hockey cards tonight kenny i'm like yep <laughs> 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 that's good all right let's go back to some more comments here yeah. uh josh says i have a mario ksa 9.5 it's only worth 800 i'd rather die than sell it for that fair very fair uh troy troy says <laughs> people are buying for sure i sold three tiger woods rookies today and three more a couple days ago 30 dollars each these were not short printed no that is one of the most common iconic rookie cards there is there are tons of those uh, anonymous user. I am one of them. Got back to the hobby after about 15 years. Thanks so much for doing this. Really gets the fire burning again. Hey, 
glad to do it. Wish I knew your name, but glad to do it. And I uh, hope you're enjoying the show and uh, having and Ken's presence on it tonight. Josh says, I get 20 calls a month for pro set. Not once has there been a Stanley Cup hologram. I mean, that's the thing, right? We always never, keep, Josh. Never seen always, it. You've never seen one? I've never and, seen one. Never no, seen I one. Mean, I mean, I knew no, I would. Well, think about how many pro set have been. By the way, the P is for pro set. I'm not the yeah, right. fan. No, it's for Puma, but still. If I knew you, pro set tonight. If I knew you hadn't seen one, I, I have one. I would have whipped it out to uh to show oh, yeah? you. Okay. I would have whipped one out. Uh Joe Sackick 19XX. Hello, everyone. Late to the show. Thank you for coming by as always. Uh oh man, Chris West. Oh man, these pro set platinum must be worth a fortune. They're platinum. Sure, sure. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron confirms that yeah, it's Leland's that is hosting the uh the uh Connor McDavid, 97 of 99 cup rookie. So we know that for sure. I'll also mention about Aaron and uh, and uh, his friend Eric. These guys are hosting a new hockey card themed car, uh, podcast. It's on all the platforms. It's also on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, Center Ice Cardcast, I believe it's called. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, just slipped my mind. Let me know. I'm actually going to be uh, a guest on that show coming up pretty soon. Uh, Jay says, thanks for joining us, Ken. And thanks again for hooking me up with a Craig Nienhus autograph for my all time mm -hmm. auto collection. There you go. Shout yeah, out to that Ken. was a fun, that was a, that was a fun story. So Jay has been really helpful for me. And if you look at one night only in the thank yous, Jay is in there Oh, very uh, because good. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking for these rare players. And I can't find them. And I've followed Jay's website for years. And I thought, I wonder if Jay has their autograph and he does, does oh. it? email Jay and say, how'd you track this guy down? He'd give me the address. I'd do a little research. And Jay helped me out. Uh, the, uh, so he's in the thank yous for one to remember as well. I just wrote them up the other day. So Craig Ninehouse, Niner, great dude. Played about 90 games in the NHL for the Boston Bruins. And I saw one day that he was on list, Jay's list of guys I don't have. And, I'm, and I thought, well, he's at the Dale Howard Chuck uh, Hockey Classic every, or pardon me, Golf Classic every year that I host in Skoka, and Dale does one in Winnipeg as well. I host that as well. Dale Howardchuck, by the way, kicking cancer's ass. Beautiful man, Dale Howardchuck. Love you, Ducky. So, uh, Niner's awesome. He's a great guitar player, so he's entertaining all the boys. He's funny as hell. He's on Jay's list, so I whipped out a business card and, and told Niner the story, and he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe someone actually wants my autograph. So, he was happy to do it. Great dude. Hilarious. Great story. Great story. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big Dale Howardchuck collector, actually. He's, you know, growing up in Winnipeg. He oh, would, really? He, well, he was the guy there. And then and then when he got traded away for Phil Housley and then Timu Solani came on the scene and Timu is my all-time favorite player, but I have a, a pretty massive Dale Howardchuck collection, a lot of the rare stuff and the nice, the upper deck stuff. Really? Yeah. Big fan. Um, so we, we, talked about, we talked about undervalued. Dale, to me, is one of the most underrated players of all time. The fact he wasn't in the top 100 was oh, an absolute was joke. And man. I've always, I've always called Dale Dr. Hook because in the 87 Canada cup, Gretzky to Lemieux, he scores Larry Murphy's the decoy. If you watch back in center, ice, three on two half because Dale just digs into a guy. So to this day, and I, I've become friends with Dale through these Jackson events. I call him Dr. Hook and he actually signed an 87 Canada puck cup puck for me because i do collect old pucks dale howard dr hook so That's dale awesome. is he's a man he's such a kind guy and uh he's 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 it's great to see him doing well i'm very happy to to see him back out and, and doing his thing and i 
hope that uh, I think his golf tournament this year we had to postpone until September, but we always have a good time up in Muskoka for that one. That's awesome. Yeah, he's definitely a good guy. I only met him once. I was a young kid, and uh, my father was selling cars in Winnipeg for a dealership that uh, sold to a lot of players, and um, I got to go on the delivery. I, I mean, I was probably 12 years old. Went to the yeah. to, went to deliver the car to Dale Howardchuck at his house, and he signed some oh. postcards for me. And, and 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 I got to do that with Paul McLean. Also, he also sold the car to Paul McLean, who played on Dale's wing for many years. I got to go on that yes. delivery too. So some cool memories for myself oh, there. So Paul, cool Paul stuff. Paul grew up just down the road for me in in Antigonish, Nova Scotia. Another quality dude, Paul McLean. Funny as hell. Good guy. Great stash. Great stash too. Right. Beauty. 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 Absolute beauty. Yeah. Chris West says uh, that's a PSA three haircut you got there. Ken might be a ten oh. if it gets if you if you have a trim. Talk about no, tripping. That's not. That's. I think that is just PSA perfect. authentic. That is that's <laughs> not even, that's low. That's not even low. a three. Maybe yeah, that trim though. I like that. That's a good one. Trim. Yeah. Corey Jones, who's actually a, another, actually, it's funny because I, I know uh, Corey, who's on the screen right now, is uh, another very, at one time at least, a big Dale Howardchuck collector. There were three of us for a long time. Uh, the third gentleman was named Robert Monpetit, and he just uh, passed away this year, actually. Mm. He got he came ill and uh, sold off his collection uh, in the last few months. But um, so there's, there we were the three big Howardchuck collectors Thanks for a long that. time. Corey says, I have a 191011 Marty Walsh and marvel that it's 110 years old. It's not in the best shape, but it's 110 years old. I mean, I remember when the 1910 wow. C56 has turned 100 years old, and now they're like, it's just crazy how old some of these cards are. It's, it's uh, nuts. It's pretty awesome. Aaron, crazy, says, Aaron says, you can feel Ken's passion for cards through his voice. Love it. Thanks, Ken. For sure. There Thank you go. You. Uh, what does Al say? Al says, for hockey history, have you thought about buying items like official home TV programs? Example, Super Series 72. I found mine at a local show. It's great, full of great pictures and info. Do you ever pick up any old programs or media guides? That yeah. Kind? Yeah. Yeah. I think I got a couple right up in there. I got a Michigan Stags one from the WHA that, uh, you know, like, again, you don't set out to buy a Michigan Stags program, but I... Saw it on my little treasure hunt, and yeah, yeah there's all kinds. Like, I mean, uh, like this, I see this for you know three bucks, and I'm picking it up. That kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, I uh, I love stuff like that, and uh, yeah, if I I pick up programs or I, I love uh, Nova Scotia Boy Jurors. I got a few of their programs. It's an American Hockey League team from when I grew up. Things like that. This, like I said, anything that brings you back in the past. So definitely, it's not yeah. just cards. I got, you know, I'm just looking up in there. I got, you know, a, that gigantic Wayne Gretzky bed sheet that everybody have, used to have. It's folded up in there. So yeah, it doesn't have to be a card. So uh, anything that catches my eye. Yeah. You're 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 a real nostalgic guy. I can I can definitely uh, feel that from you. Yeah. Uh, Name says, if you follow what you love in this hobby, it'll be so enjoyable. I clearly don't do this for money, and it's been so awesome for me. I'm loving this so much. Yeah, Name's got a – he's in the middle of building a website. What I love about what Name is doing is that he's really paying, uh, you know, tribute to these players who are underappreciated, likely went through Absolutely. Some, right? Went through some very – I mean, you talk about what's going on in the world right now with the George Floyd and all that. And I don't want to get into yeah. or all that, but I no, mean, I know, you know, it's uh, what these players went through and uh, the fact that they have someone from their, um, 
don't know what the word is, ancestry or someone from their bloodlines who is now bringing attention to it, building a website. Names had his collection featured on, on TV, um, uh, whether, whether it was CBC or what, I don't remember. But it's just awesome that, you know, we can approach this hobby and we can really, you know, we can almost like write history in a way and make create awareness for people. Yep. I, don't mean, I don't mean create history, but I mean almost, you know, just, yeah, just document it and bring it into the current conscious and let people know that, hey, these guys existed. These guys exist. They did. They were players. And you might not have known where they came from. And he's bringing attention to mm-hmm. it. And I think with what's going on in the world right now, it's really kind of a, a great time. It's almost good timing to, uh, yeah. to do that. Yeah. I, I love what he's doing. We met when I started my Instagram channel and uh, like Fred Sasakamus was at Scotiabank Hockey Day in Canada when we did it in uh, Swift Current a couple years ago. Awesome dude. His whole family took me up into their box. We watched the period. Well, I shouldn't say took me up. We went and dropped in for a quick visit, watched the period or so. But it was so cool to see him get that respect. He has that great old card. And uh, I mean, just so many guys. John Shabbat. And I, and I love that this and this is another example of collect what you want. Right. Do it yeah. because you want to do it. But for, so my this is my humble brag. Francis Ackerman says, oh, yeah, people send me that card all the time to get signed. I said, do you have your own copy? He said, no, I don't. So I got home and I took my Francis Ackerman and sent her off because, I mean, you know, probably means more to him than it would to me. So I thought, you know, yeah. how cool is that to, to do to do what he did? So he should at least have a card to remember it by. 100 percent it's nice of you to do that and it's cool for him to know that a guy he sees on tv gave him uh gave him his hockey card you know 50 right oh yeah later. right and hopefully like i mean that and to me again that comes back to what something what is what is something worth well it's worth what you're willing to pay for it and it's worth what it means to you so there's yeah. lots of ways to look at value i think and that, I, I was probably bragging there but anyway that's yeah what big, big brag Big brag, big flex there, Ken. Yeah, um, that's right, huge flex. Uh, Amit says, a girl I worked with, her dad was Ron Stackhouse, and I was so excited to meet him. I'm sure my coworker thought I was nuts. Ah, uh, the memories. I mean, yeah, me- meeting players is something we all kind of enjoy. It's just it's just one of those things, you know? Uh, yeah. Charles says- Ronnie, Ronnie Stack, oops. Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say Ronnie Stackhouse. Ron Stackhouse, 81-82 Opeachy, one of the first times I remember seeing a visor on an NHL player. So. Okay random <laughs> good 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 uh charles you're welcome for the shout out he says it's a shame 80s rookies were more produced than previous years because that talent level through the roof is through the roof for the 80s yeah there were some amazing players yeah. there uh jay wants to know do you collect other sports besides hockey yes collect baseball as well um not as it's kind of i've kind of swung swung back probably to more hockey lately but yeah, I got a large baseball card collection as well. I'm a huge baseball fan. Expos freak. Love my Gary Carter. Um, again, you asked me what I uh, what I go to a show looking for. Uh, when I was at the National in Cleveland, I saw an authenticated Gary Carter signed rookie card. Had to have that. Uh, I love stumbling across Expos stuff. It's not with me now, but there was a gentleman selling at the Expo. He had an Expos cowboy hat. I never knew I wanted an Expos cowboy <laughs> hat in my life. But he had it, and he wanted 50 bucks for it. So I wanted an Expos cowboy hat. So I got it. So, yeah, I collect a lot of Expos stuff, but I love, you know, 50s baseball stuff as well. I really, really like old baseball cards. They just they just look right. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, for sure. Any aspirations mm. to maybe write a, a book, a hobby book that isn't hockey? No, and I'll tell you why. Um, I love talking to old hockey players, man. They're just they're they're this it's they're just easy dudes to talk to. Uh, so baseball players have a reputation of being maybe a little on the surly side, and hockey is my it's my if you were to. I, I, baseball is my second favorite sport, but I don't even think hockey is a sport to me. It's my passion. So yeah. to to just have the curiosity to talk to an old hockey player about a card is something that comes easy to me. Um, there's some great baseball players out there. I mean, I Tim Raines is one of the nicest humans I've ever met in my life. Jesse Barfield, the same. They could tell me great stories about their old cards, but I don't really want to call up 59 guys. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure 59 to 60 would be fantastic guys, but it, yeah, I could do it, but I don't know. And there's another guy who expressed interest in me doing it with him, and I kind of gave him a deal, and it didn't go anywhere. But I think I emailed him and said, do it if you want. So maybe there'll be baseball card stories. Yeah. But okay. Okay. probably not from me. But but I, I don't mean to say baseball players aren't aren't nice guys, but hockey players, I, I should say hockey players are special guys to me. So that's what made writing hockey card stories and hockey card stories too so fun and, and I could really say so easy. Yeah, that's yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Billy says anyone that played in the shadow of Gretzky Lemieux is pretty underrated. A guy like Bossy scored 573 goals in 10 years, <laughs> and then and then Richie, who is a diehard Islanders fan, says mm-hmm. Bossy is a god. Um, and I mean, Bossy is not appreciated in the hobby the way other players of his era were, who who won and he won four cups in a row. I mean, you know, guys like. Yeah. But he played in New, on New York Islanders. You compare him to a guy like Guy Lafleur, who played for the Montreal Canadiens and has a ton of fans everywhere. So I think right. a lot of it has to do with where you played, right? If Bossy was a Leaf, things would be absolutely. A lot yeah. Well, along those lines, I mean, look at Brian, look at Brian Trotche, one of the best two-way centers of all time, peach of a human being. His rookie card should be a few hundred bucks. I think it's eighty bucks. But yeah. like you said, the, the New York Islanders—they don't have the fan base of the Montreal Canadiens, so. Good old basic economics, supply and demand comes into play. Exactly, exactly. Let's see what Paul says. He says, I was a house painter in the late 90s, worked for a contractor that worked for Lee Fogel, an awesome guy. And Saturday afternoons, he sent me for coffee. No one I knew was as excited as I was about this. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. We've all got got these stories, you know? We've all, you know, there's I just want to say there's been so many players that have played in the NHL over the years and they come from all over Canada and elsewhere, of course. Yeah. But if you're a, a viewer and you're in Canada tonight, you've probably met a player along the way somewhere, seen him, seen him at a restaurant, been to an event. I mean, yeah. we, we all have our stories and we they're so special. Like my story with going to deliver a car to Howard, Chuck and Paul McLean. I'm never yeah. going to forget those experiences. They're very, they're bigger that they're so big in my mind, you know, just like mm-hmm. all of our stories are big in our own minds and uh, they're special to absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that, that's what's so cool about our country too. And you're right. Like I, the old joke, right. You go to the U S Oh, I got a friend in Canada. Do you know Jim in Toronto? No, but yeah. then you, if you connect the dots, you may. Right. But, so it's like that. And these, and, and these hockey players, you're right. They're spread out everywhere. And it's, it's, 
it's pretty dang cool. And especially when you're 10, 11, 12 years old, right? And getting to meet your idol. That's such a oh, cool thing. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. All right. Billy says, no names needed, but have you ever attempted to interview a player for one of your books and didn't have a good experience uh, where maybe they show zero interest in the card or the topic? Did that ever happened to you in the, in the project? <laughs> I've had uh, guys not return a call, I guess. Um, some guys were hard to line up. Uh, no, uh, they all... Usually when I called the guys about a hockey card, I'd say I'm writing a book and like talk to one of your old hockey cards. And the first thing to do is laugh. So <laughs> the guys all have a good sense of humor about it. Uh, no, uh, rude experiences. I had a guy hang up on me from my book one night only, but he was living in America. And when you get a strange call, I think he thought I was a telemarketer. So, yeah. but again, the benefit of calling guys and saying, you know, it's Ken Reed. I work at Sportsnet, and they, they, they'll, they'll at least know Sportsnet. So right. no, the guys, and that's what, and like I said earlier, that's one of the reasons I enjoyed writing the books was just, um, just the connection, even if first 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and I guess about you know, a card. if you were to attempt a baseball uh, themed uh, baseball card stories book, you know, you, they may not know Sportsnet as well. So you may not have that credibility going into yeah, the, right. going into right. the calls exactly. too. But yeah. but I but I remember tell, talking uh, to Colin Mike Krushelnitsky up. I didn't know him at the time, and we talked for an hour, and and he was just as thrilled by it as I was. He said, "Can you believe we just had an hour conversation based on one hockey card?" And I thought, "That's kind of what you That's, just nailed it, man. That's kind of yeah. what this is all about." So yeah, I I so appreciate the guys giving me their time. So so no, no one's ever been been rude to me or anything like that. No, the guys have all been very nice. That's good to hear. Okay, let's run through some yeah. more of these, and then we'll we'll start to wrap up here in a, in a few minutes. Uh, Brett, welcome to the show. Late uh, crap, missed the first half. Love listening to Ken talk sports cards. Happy I could get him on the Thank show. You. Happy I could get him on the show. Steve says I would I would say perhaps Lemieux is underappreciated in the hobby. His autographs are nowhere near Gretzky's. That is absolutely true. Uh, Brett says, not sure if this has been asked. What's the dream project to work on or develop? Cheers from an old A-Channel alumni. Brett, an old A-Channel oh, alumni. Oh, Brett, awesome, awesome editor. Does Brett run, I just was trying to connect the dots today. Does Brett run the uh, Trevor Linden site? That uh, is Brett. Maybe, Brett yeah. is a okay. major Linden collector, yes. yes. See, now Brett and I worked together for four and a half, five years together, and we never discussed hockey cards because oh. we're both in our 20s, but Brett... Brett Didn't man, to used to make it. my buddy Tyler Har Yeah, Brett used to make my buddy Tyler Harcott's resume tapes. Brett can edit just about anything. So there you go. That's that's cool to hear from him. Hi, Brett. Awesome. Awesome. Richie says so now it's in New oh, York. Yeah, I didn't answer I did sorry, oh. I didn't answer Brett's question, did yeah. I? What no, it's a dream project? projects. Oh geez. I don't know. I think I'm doing it right now. I, I hate to say I'm living the dream, but I truly love my job. Uh, I love going oh, to sports. I'm sorry, every Ken. Day. I thought I thought you meant appearing on Sports Cards Live was your dream project when you said I'm doing well, it. Well, right well, that's what I said. I'm, I'm I'm doing it right now. There you go. But uh, you know, Brett worked with me back when I was at A Channel Calgary, and I was loving life then. You know, a young guy covering the Flames, going out in the boat on the town at night it was a lot of fun. Uh, but no, I man, I'm so fortunate to get what I do for do for a living. I know I'm easily replaceable, so I'll do it as long as I can. Uh, I love going on the air and talking about uh, there's nothing better than coming on after a big playoff game be it blue jays or hockey and just you know everyone's so psyched to, to learn about what happened and I'm, I'm luckily the guy that can hopefully really in that information and then when i throw in a little bit of the writing with it it's it's pretty cool 
That must have been fun with the Raptors last year too. Hey, I mean, never oh, mind baseball and hockey. Like, the whole, the yeah, whole country, the whole country went crazy. Yep, absolutely yeah. crazy. And, and you know, people are just so invested in it, and it's it's cool to be on on you know on on TV for that. It's pretty cool. For sure, for sure. I, I will say when I watch you on 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 TV, and it you know, and ever since I realized you're a card guy, and I've seen you at shows, you know, now I. I pay more attention. I'll admit it. And you are very easy. <laughs> well, you're you're very easy to listen to. You've got you got a good a good kind Thank of tempo you. about the way you speak, and you're so relaxed up there. You have a good thing going with your partner Ivanka. I mean, it's just it's really a, Ivanka's it, awesome. Yeah, it's an easy watch. All right, Scotty says feelings on Patrick Waugh. Love Sportsnet, by the way. Any comments on Patrick Waugh? I'm not sure what the context is here, but um, yeah. Well, any- thank you for thanks for watching Sportsnet. That's awesome uh feelings on him no i mean 1986 he won me a dollar off vernon galbraith because i bet him the montreal canadians would win the stanley cup over the calgary flames uh patrick waugh fantastic goalie i guess is the the question is is he undervalued i would say no he's don't, don't you think he kind of comes in a pretty fair for 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 where he's at so i i think Waugh. he's i mean i got a nice eight, i got a nice rookie card from Waugh that i had since i was a kid so i'm happy with him yeah Fair. I mean, yeah, he, there's another card that's uh, I think is somewhat undervalued, actually. Um, okay, you could argue that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there's a question that I got uh, before the show. Actually, uh, my buddy Amit asked, and I think it's kind of interesting. So you're a writer, and uh, the only place in the hot, well, the only place uh, as far as cards themselves go, the art of card backs, the the, the writing on card backs seems yeah, to have yeah. been. Seems to have gone away. A lot of times, all you see on a card back now is "Congratulations, you have received an autograph of so and so player." And I love the congratulations. They're congratulating you because you just spent a lot of money on it, but you're still congratulating you for getting the autograph. Yes. As far as card backs go, I think that's a one part of the card that is often underutilized and could be. As a writer, what would you like to see on card backs? Would you ever want to write card backs? Not that you have time for it, but perhaps, uh, or would you change anything about? Uh, First off, I love the pictures on the back of the cards, right? Because it's two for the price of one. Often you get a nice headshot on the back of a card. So let's look at old Lowell McDonald 7374 here. This is a top. So there is a ton of information on the back of that, right? Lowell won the Masterson Trophy last season for dedication and for perseverance. He had been out of hockey completely the previous season. So back in the day, if you're writing the card backs, you're passing along information to a fan who probably didn't know that information. Today, in the internet... If you're really interested in our buddy Lowell McDonald, who I am, you can Google him and look up everything. So I think the challenge of being a guy that writes the back of the cards, man, that would be one of the toughest jobs in the world right now. Also, um, a few of the guys, the older guys that I've mentioned, uh, when I would call them for the books, they'd tell me about the card back. So Pat Hickey, I said, on the back of your card, it said you had a 77, 78 Jeep that you drove around New York City. Oh, and so... He literally tells me Jeep stories for 10 minutes. <laughs> Tom Fergus, the back is 8384. Tom has two German Shepherds. Tom right. tells me stories about his German Shepherds. But the guys always told me I never knew where they got the information for the card backs. And they figured it was just some guy lurking in the scrum. But uh, I would not want to be challenged with writing card backs. I think that would be a very difficult task. I know my buddy Stephen LaRoche, I think, used to write some card backs. But... Yeah. yeah, I think in today's modern day and age, writing card backs would be extremely difficult. I would like to see 
I mean, I'm not the biggest stats guy, but maybe it, I like the cartoons from back in the day. So if you want to do a cartoon, yeah, that's cool. But I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to be the, the guy that comes up with the information. Let's see if I got another one in here because I mean, basically today, not that we know everything, but we know a lot. So yeah, Backlab's got a. There's Stefan Riche. Had team's only overtime goal and had two hat tricks in 87 88. Okay, that's pretty basic. So I, I like I, I wouldn't want to be charged, but there's no. an auto, a, a card. I like the cartoons, right? I like when they tell you what their, what their part time summer job was. You know, uh, Ken used to yes. sell yes. cards in the off, sells cars in the off season or something like that. Like, so who's the, who to think these, that these hockey players or these athletes need, need, summer jobs you know <laughs> right now those card backs i dig but no i wouldn't want to be assigned with writing the card back no things. thankless no. job i would think yeah yeah okay so one uh non-card related but something i want to want to know your take on do you think that austin matthews will still be a maple leaf in 24 25 i guess that's <laughs> a contract or something wow interesting question uh if he wins a cup in toronto I would say no. If he doesn't win a cup in Toronto, I would say yes. Because if he wins a cup, what else do you have to prove in Toronto? Yeah. I guess the only question is, is does he want to go home to Arizona? Because I think that's the angle everybody's probably speculating on. Is, right. Wouldn't it be great for an Arizona product to actually play in the desert? So do I think he'll be a Maple Leaf in 2024, 20, 25? My answer is yes, because I don't think the Leafs will win a cup by then. Okay. Interesting. It's, it's kind of funny. You know the the Leafs the Leafs gained a great player because of someone wanting to go to his hometown in John Tavares, and now they could lose another great player for the same reason. And my, mind you, when we say that, we're just speculating because we don't know what Austin has to say. But I'm telling you, man, he he's he loves playing here. I, from what I can gather, he really loves playing in Toronto. I interviewed him a couple times at once, I should say, and he seems to uh, he seems to dig it. So. I think that that's what would make sports so great, right? As we get to ask these questions and speculate. And no one holds us accountable for the answers most of the time. Right, right, right. All right, one more comment from name, and then I think we'll wrap up, uh, Ken. Cardbacks were the motivation for the of the bios for the players in my collection on my website. Trying to summarize that much information is a lot of work. So, yeah, I mean, there, yeah. There, uh, th there are some great nuggets on there, but I think we can, I think and we can find more on the internet these days even. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. And the other thing about the poor guys writing the card backs back in the day, they had to, I mean, they, I'm sure they had to comb through tons of stuff and do tons of poking around to get that information. Whereas today, if you want to know, you know, game winning goals and whatnot, you quick little Google and, and you're done. Card backs, card back writer might be the most thankless job in journalism history. There you go. Yeah. We've settled it. There you go. There you go. Richie Barone says the Leafs will not win a cup with Tavares. He was very upset when Tavares left New York and went to the, to the Leafs. Okay. So, hey, I've had a great time chatting with you, Ken. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, you bring a great, a great perspective and uh, a, great, a great energy to the show. So thank you so much for joining me. Any uh, final comments? Anything else? I'll keep my eyes on the comments, uh, all the viewers, if there's anything else that pops up in the last couple of seconds here. As everybody who yeah. watches the show knows, I take I, – I never end it when I say I'm going to. It keeps on going. So I'll let you say No one does. Things. It's the beauty and of the internet, man. You can go for as long as you want. No, Jeremy, yeah. this has been awesome, man. I love talking cards, honestly. So this has been awesome. We've been talking for an hour and a half plus, which I think is fantastic. Easy conversation. But, no, I've thoroughly enjoyed this, and I will come back on 
any time, especially during like obviously when I'm working and the show comes back on ten Eastern, it's going to be a tough time. Yeah, because uh, you know that's what I'm on. But this has been awesome, buddy, and it's cool. Like my old buddy Brett reached out. I haven't talked to Brett in ages, so this is kind of cool. Never knew he was a collector because you know you don't tell a lot of people about it. But now we can speak openly about it. So. I think this has been a blast, buddy. I'll come back on anytime. anytime. I, I appreciate that. That that's a huge compliment. I, I truly appreciate that. It makes me feel really good about what I'm doing here. Um, cool, so, man. So yeah, thank. And you you better go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Sports Cards Live, if you haven't yet. Ken, please subscribe. Do you have uh, to have a Do you have to have a, a YouTube account to subscribe to stuff? A Gmail, any any oh. Yahoo. If but you're a uh, sorry, I'm any, any Yahoo. Google. I'm a Yahoo guy. Not Yahoo, sorry, oh, Google. Really? Yeah, yeah, but it's okay. okay. It's okay. But you I'll can tell all the viewers to check subscribe. Out. You can tell everyone else to subscribe if yeah. they haven't yet for me. Hey, everybody, if you haven't subscribed yet, get with it. Come on. Get with it. What are you waiting for? You're locked in your house all the time. You've got nothing to do. Subscribe. There, I'm looking at the camera now. Subscribe. There nope. you go. L listen, listen to this no, guy, this everybody. Listen, listen to no, this guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and what I like about this, because we're talking about something we're enjoy. We're being nice to each other. And for anybody out there, I know that it's easy to buy cards off eBay and stuff now. And that's great. But if there's a show in your area or your shop in your area, go. Because you can't be... Like, to me, this is what the hobby's about as well, right? Oh, yeah. Talking about it and having fun. 100%. Sharing our interest. So this is cool. This is cool, man. I like it. 100%. Well, before, cool. before I let you go, we'll run through the final comments coming in. Uh, the Howard Stern trick, get the guard down at the end of the interview. Oh, uh, well, I'll take it. This was awesome. Thanks, Jeremy and Ken. Thank you, Name, for tuning in. As always, Scotty, this has been awesome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As always, I super appreciate it, and it keeps me going for more and more episodes as time goes by. Super show, very entertaining. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Al. Troy, thank you for watching. It was a blast having you all watching. Ken crushed it tonight. I got to agree, Ken. Great job. Thank you so much. Amit Thanks. says, by the way, Ken, my brother is Neil Acharya, so give him hell when work is back on. Awesome. <laughs> I figured I figured Neil was your brother. I, mean, I talked to Neil on the phone today. There you go. Very cool. I'll give him hell. I always give him hell. I'm, Yeah, I'll, I'll give him hell for sure. And anyone who is watching that who didn't tune in late, Amit is my special guest next Wednesday when we are going to together do a pre-virtual expo show tips and tricks on the virtual expo what we're expecting from it and kind of kind of just how to navigate it because we've uh, we've seen sort of the the environment already and we're both going to be set up as vendors we're hoping that ken's going to come by and attend it and uh make his way through the show as well so uh everyone check that out bill thank you for watching Brett, 100% Ken, local shops, local shows for sure. Richie, always happy to have you, my man. Neil is a legend. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll tell him. I first met Neil at the NHL Network. He is, a, he is a legend. Neil and I worked at the NHL Network together back in the day. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, everybody, thanks again for watching. Show coming up again on Saturday, then Wednesday again. Uh, the, the, the various guests are right there on the ticker. We'll see you all again next time. Ken, thank you again. Don't go anywhere, though. I'll be right with you in the back room. Good night, everybody. Thank you, as always, for tuning in.